Hi, and welcome to today's edition of Chaos Corral, where we share how to create authentic leaders in high-performing teams. I'm your host today, Gerald Bonner, co-founder and managing partner of Corraling Chaos. We're a management consulting firm, and we are a catalyst for authentic leadership and high-performing teams. I'm here today with Tim Toderhai, and he is the founder of Plotline Leadership. He's a TEDx speaker, a coach, and he's a novelist. He writes novels. This is, he's the first novelist on our podcast. And Tim is here to talk to us today about how he defines authentic leadership. So it's great to have him, and we're really excited about his uh, sharing his expertise and insights on this matter. Welcome to the show, Tim. Please tell the audience a little bit about yourself. First of all, thanks for having me. Um, I am an HR consultant specializing in talent and performance management. And long story short, I help organizations and people shape their success stories. Success stories are really important. If you don't know how to tell your success stories in today's world, it's harder to get ahead. So tell us how you define authentic leadership and what, how you spot it. You know, it's always funny when I think about authentic leadership, I smile every time I hear the term um, because I think people when they hear it, they automatically assume it's a positive thing. And let, let's face it, I mean, Attila the Hun was an authentic leader, right? He brought his whole self, <laughs> you know, but I don't know if I'd want him running around my office. So I, I think before you jump into, we're talking about authentic leadership, we have to think about what authentic is. And for me, you look it up, it's undisputed and genuine, actual, factual, bona fide, sort of the real deal, holy field of things. When you put that together with leadership, really what you're looking at is actually being a leader. No fluff, no feeling, just that actual fact. And so what becomes really important for me are two things. How do you get there as a leader? And then how do you display it once you're there? And those are kind of the big ticket items when you think about authentic leadership, in my view. Wow, that was a great answer. Um, that was really, really interesting. Attila Lahan was definitely authentic, for sure. From your point of view, what are some of the things that you think are important to making an authentic leader? Well, I think, you know, first realizing your path to that leadership role. And in my view, there's three main ways that you get to be a leader. There's the view of being, having a title, right? You can have it uh, bestowed upon you and that could be legitimate or not, right? We've all worked with uh, VPs and uh, C-suite folks that are phenomenal and you're just lucky to be around them. You learn so much and others are like, what happened here? How'd this happen, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, it's the official, title version. That's one way to get it. The other thing is through opportunity. A lot of folks, you'll get the leadership by being the person who steps up when everybody else steps back. And good examples of that are the classic, you know, charging the hill as a, you know, somebody in war, right? You have the firemen saving lives, but in the corporate world, it's somebody who challenges assumptions, somebody who raises their hand and makes a point when everybody doesn't. That's sort of that opportunistic, hero mode of leadership, uh, which you can do. The trouble with those two is that you may not have the title and opportunities don't always come about. So when you think about being a leader, the, the most predictable path is just through hard won experience and ed education. These are things that are like earned over time. I look at it sort of the sensei model, right? You don't need any formal things. If you know what you're doing, everybody knows it and they'll follow you. So I think that's the first thing is you really think about where, how did you get there in the first place? Wow. Yeah. So that, that's a, uh, some good things about it. I always talk about when you have it from the role power 
that's really the least powerful role you can have in the office for leadership is role power, because there's more office powers than just the role power that the company bestows on you. So that's really interesting. Uh, and I'm glad you brought that up because I, I think that's critical. How do uh, people uh, move forward with being a leader? And what are some of the types of leaders or behaviors that you see that uh, people use for leadership or authentic leaders, but really are not there? Well, part of it is being honest uh, about your experience and where you go. There's a lot of advice out there suggesting that you should fake it till you make it or act as if, um, you know, kind of putting on airs that, hey, I don't have the title yet, but I, I can sort of fake it and then maybe I can get my way into that leadership position. And, and my view is that that is the worst possible advice you could ever follow because to me, there's a, a big difference between learning on the job and pretending you have it all figured out a huge difference between you know having the classic imposter syndrome, which everybody seems to, to resonate to, and being an imposter, right? So I think part of it, uh, if you look at those two extremes and really ferret those out first, you can then get an understanding uh, of how to then take a path towards humble leadership, which I think is really the big driver for being successful in any endeavor. Mm. So I know humble leadership was one of the uh, level five leaderships that Jim Collins talks about in Good to Great, and being humble is really important. So you talked about imposter syndrome. Can you give us a little bit more detail about imposter syndrome so our audience has a better grip of what you mean by that? Sure. When we talk about imposter syndrome, the classic example is the senior level person, even a CEO level person who feels unworthy for uh, for the job or for the title, despite all the evidence to the contrary, right? They've had a long string of successes. They've done tremendously well, and they still have this ache in the back of, back of their mind saying, you know, am I worthy for this? Having these lingering doubts. The way that this shows up a lot of times for me in coaching practice is someone will come and they've had a, a, like a recent layoff and they've been a victim of that layoff, or they ran a project and it frankly didn't go well and their confidence is shaken. In a, in a big way. And really the way to get around that is a kind of Rocky Balboa syndrome. You go back to the beginning, you retool, you refocus and you, you know, recharge, and then you can kind of drive up the hill. The important thing to do is to separate that in what is temporary, what is a specific uh, issue versus a long stemming issue that's more clinical. And then really a coach should never touch that and you need to get uh, help from a different party. So imposter syndrome is that legitimate thing where you have that feeling. That's much, much different than someone who is being an imposter, so to speak, where, you know, it's the classic person who, you know, comes an intern and they want to be CEO tomorrow, right? They're, they're saying, I got a, I got a coaching certificate uh, for a Thursday class and now I'm consulting the C-suite. It's like, eh, are you really doing that? Or are you overstretching, right? And that happens a lot as well, where uh, some folks will be like a first time manager and they're talking about strategy. And that's not a bad thing, but you, know, you gotta really check yourself. Is that an overreach? Is that really you know, too far ahead? And you don't wanna do that because you can get found out really quickly and that'll damage your credibility. Well, I really appreciate you sharing that part about the, the difference between being an imposter and an, an imposter syndrome. I can tell you that for the imposter syndrome, I think it's important for individuals to understand that as they move through their career, which is no longer a straight line up, I think if they can notice that they have higher lows, um, which is a stock term we usually talk about 
in stock market, but is also true in a career path, which is you're going to go up and you're going to go down. As long as the down line never goes further down than the previous down valley, you're having higher lows, right? So, you know, you might go from being a supervisor and then you transition to a manager and you make some mistakes. And so, and maybe as a manager, the business goes out of business because of economics, nothing you had to do, and then you'll feel low again. Uh, and then you get a, a job as a, from a supervisor to a, a manager of multiple teams. And so you're now you're at a high and then, you know, then that company gets bought out and you get laid off because of a buyout. And again, now you're down at a low, but now you're down at a low from being a manager of several divisions versus a supervisor. As far as the imposter syndrome, I think that's really, I like the way you said that. I remember when I first returned from China, I was speaking to somebody and I said, so what kind of clients do you want to coach? And this person was under 30 and they had their um, strength finder certification. And they said, oh, I want to work with CEOs that do $100 million in business and 1,000 employees. And I was like, and how many coaching hours do you have under your belt? <laughs> you know, and how much experience do you have? And, you know, I was like, there's no way this person is going to be successful coaching that kind of a CEO. So it's quite interesting that you, you use those terms as the imposter versus the imposter syndrome. What else can you tell us about how you spot imposters or imposter syndromes or authentic leaders? Well, it's funny on the on the imposter side of things. There's a, I use a lot of boxing terminology, and it's a classic example of punching your weight. Um, mm. you know, as soon as you step in the ring, you know you don't spend more than a few seconds, and you can see if you're outclassed or or not. Right. Well, that happens all the time in interview settings and in job settings where you, know, you get a question, and depending on what you say, what you say first, the examples that you use, right? That'll give an indication of where your frame of reference is. And it could mark you as an imposter for that job. And that's a harsh word, but it, it makes some sense. So I think when you talk about strategy a lot, well, there's a strategy for a game. You're playing a, a game, you can have a strategy. You can have a strategy for a season, and then you can have a strategy for whether you should have a sports team as part of your business portfolio, right? There's levels to mm. this. As soon as you start to talk, people can get a sense of what level you're playing. And that'll give an indication of where you are. So th that part on the imposter thing is there. When you flip it over and you think about humble leadership and you think about how to be authentic in that frame, what's really interesting about that is that you know, a, hum a humble leader is going to have a realistic view of not only their strengths and their weaknesses, but they're going to do three very specific things. They're going to be able to learn on the job. They're going to be able to develop workarounds for what they can't develop. And they're going to be open to using the best of their teams to make everybody move forward. And if they, they can do that really well, uh, then they'll progress their, their careers at light speed. Mm. So I, I love the way you, you know, shared with the audience that learning is something that authentic leaders do. And they, they're not afraid to admit that they don't know it. And they're willing to let other people take the reins and go forward and drive parts of the business because that's not their expertise. I think that's really a good example of, of hey, saying, hey, this is not my role. Um, I can give you some ideas, but don't expect me to execute it. That's really good stuff. That imposter syndrome versus being an imposter, I think one of the things the market does wrong these days is 
you know, my pet peeve is they use the word talent too much and we have too much overconfidence bias in the United States. And that overconfidence bias is probably leads people to think they're stronger than they are. And when they're really, they don't really deliver the results that they think they are delivering and they want raises and stuff like that. And they, they want promotions faster, but you know, it's like, but Hey, you know, they've been told their talent. So they think they should get stuff more. And it's like, it, that creates that and enhances that. Hey, actually you're, you're not really um, a Michael Jordan. Would you agree? I would. And I think, you know, an antidote for that is having people look inward and thinking about the value that they're contributing to themselves, to the team and to the organization. So if you take stock of yourself in January, and then you think about how you're going to look in December, there should be movement there. And if you're able to create that movement through learning, through, you know, creating these workarounds, through leveraging others, then you can legitimately say at the end of the year, you've grown and you have more value. But if you've done nothing and you're kind of well saying, oh, I'm the same person I was 12 months ago, well, then you kind of are. <laughs> it's just the reality. That yeah. So that kind of reminds me of how what I heard somebody say uh, a couple of years ago is if you're not learning today and growing today, you're falling behind by default because there are people that are growing and learning. And, you know, it's like you, it's like you said earlier about take the hill, those that step forward or those that step back. You might not step back, but those that are stepping five steps forward or six steps forward have left you now behind, right? And that's a, quite an interesting thing. So can you give us an example of a time when you experienced and watched somebody be an authentic leader and, and grow? Yeah, you know, I'll give you an example of, of a humble leader uh, that I uh, coached. And it was just, a, I was kind of in awe of what she was able to do and turn around. This was somebody who was, uh, head of, of, of marketing. That was her profession. And she had just a, an incredible career and was not only a, a great uh, subject matter expert in marketing, fantastic writer, but also had uh, the ability to understand finance. So it was a, you know, that, that role as well. So just a well-rounded uh, person. And because of that, you know, companies have succession plans. This person was on for communications. And sure enough, the situation happened where uh, asked to step up and take a communications role as well. So kind of merge those two roles together. And it was this moment of freak out saying, hey, here's a great opportunity in front of me, but, uh, but nervous about it. And there was a why behind it. And the why behind it, if you can believe it, it is terrified of public speaking. Now, can you imagine that being building a career around marketing and being um, worried about that as an issue, right? So instead of shrinking from the opportunity, instead of you know trying to fake it and not loan up to it, she kind of followed a formula of those three things that we mentioned. So went about learning all about the, the communication goals, the corporate objectives, what was on the table, how to make the most for the business, all of that. And then she looked at what could be a workaround to get around this issue because it may or may not be developable in her case. So the part of the pivot there was to jump into things like podcasting videos to ensure messages got out to shield from maybe all of the things that would happen from public speaking. But the third and, mo and most powerful thing that really impressed me was she went deep into the organization, found somebody <laughs> who was kind of a Toastmasters junkie, if you will, and mm -hmm. just loved that great organization. And she actually did a reverse mentoring program to learn from that person. And so pulled these three levers 
and realized, hey, I'm never maybe going to you know work a main stage somewhere, but was able to take a, a weakness and get it to a point where it wasn't a career derailer. And by doing that, she displayed not only authenticity, but a humble approach to how she was going to remain. It was, it was just captivating for me to, to see that and, and watch that move forward. Right. Well, you know, that's, that is a great story. And I was not surprised when you shared at the end that she found the Toastmaster, right? Because Toastmasters helps develop leaders. And I, was, I thought you were going to say she joined Toastmasters. However, she might not have joined Toastmasters, but she did the next best thing, which was get a Toastmaster as a mentor, because those folks are, are amazing when it comes to speaking. And, and that is a, a great story because I didn't hear you say, oh, she went to management and said, you got to spend thousands of dollars on me to get my speaking skills up, right? I mean, she took it on her own, definitely the most important thing she had to do is, and she came up with creative ideas. So that's, that's a great story. Thank you for sharing that. Would you give our listeners one last tip about authentic leadership and what they should do if they think they're not being recognized as authentic leaders so that we can, they have something they can take away and do three or four months from now and in the last uh, wrap up of this uh, chat today? Sure. I think one thing to, to realize is that there's no formula for authenticity, right? It's all about how you come to the table. So if you're by nature a private person and it's not uh, something that you want to keep everything out there and share everything, you have to understand that that's okay. What helps you be authentic is to let people know that that's how you operate. So sharing things like your preferred communication style you know, your preferred leadership style, all of those things helps people understand what you need. The other part of that is to be open to what they need and their styles. And that flexibility on both parts will not only um, convey that you're an authentic leader, it'll be factual. Uh, I always say that, you know, authentic leadership is, is effortless after you do all the work, right? So you, you know who you are, and then you just be that person. Well, I think that's a great way to sum this up. It's effortless after you do all the work, because when people say to me, Gerald, how did you learn Chinese and was it hard? I go, actually, it wasn't hard because I was a good student and I worked hard at studying the language. However, the amount of work I put in to study the language took a lot of time. And, and it shows off in my Chinese language skills, which most people think are you know, above average after spending so much time in China. But that's a great example. And I really appreciate you sharing that with our audience. Tim, thank you so much for being uh, on the podcast today. It was a pleasure having you. And uh, thank you for your time. And if there's anything we can do for you, just give us a shout. My pleasure. Thanks so much. Once again, we've been speaking with Tim Totterhai, founder of Plotline Leadership. He's a TEDx speaker, a coach, a novelist, and an HR consultant. And we were talking about the types of authentic leadership. I'm Gerald Bonner, your host for Chaos Corral today, and also the co-founder and managing partner of Corral and Chaos, a management consulting firm. We are a catalyst for authentic leaders and high-performing teams. You can find us on the web at corralingchaos.com. That has two R's and two L's. Or you can follow us on LinkedIn and Twitter. We hope you'll come back and join us for another one of these podcasts in the future. Thanks very much for your time and have a wonderful day.